You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. I want you, if you would please, just to put a marker in your Bible back around Revelation chapter 5. Uh, I was given a strip of paper one time, and uh, it just worked really good, and so I've kept it in my Bible since. But just take a a marker and put it there, somewhere around Revelation chapter 5. The sermon this morning is not going to be standard fare for what you're used to here. I kind of had to get used to different styles of preaching and things, and and this morning we're going to be on my style of preaching, which is a lot of reading of the Scriptures. Brother Sam mentioned this morning about learning things about Christ, and we're going to learn something about him this morning that maybe you thought about, maybe you haven't. If you have a marker there in Revelation chapter 5, then uh, look with me please to 1 Timothy chapter number 2, and this will be our text for this morning, 1 Timothy chapter number 2. People come to church for many various reasons. Uh, some, some do have friends there, amen. <laughs> I've got friends here. In fact, I'm a little bit challenged by the family taking five cards for friend day because my wife and I both work from home. And we are our own best friends, that's it. We don't see too many people outside of that. Timothy is the best one of us. He doesn't know a stranger. And uh, I'm glad for how the Lord is working in his heart to uh, hand out literature and to invite people to church. So if anybody is affected to be a friend, it'll be with Timothy and his outreach there. But this, to come to church and to see your friends, that's a good thing. To come to church and praise the Lord, that's a really good thing. Amen? And I think about the future of church or the future of religion. There, there are plenty enough people around it right now that they think, well, uh, the end of religion or the end of the world is going to be aliens are going to come. They're here? <laughs> you know, it is, I think it will be strange for the world to see Jesus come down and, and take over the earth. That's going to be something. I mean, that's, that's cartoon stuff. I mean... You know, how many millions and billions of dollars are tied up in these Marvel movies of, of these people that have special powers or whatever? Put them all together, you still don't have Jesus. Yeah. And so I want, to, I want to put our thoughts on Christ this morning. And by the way, that word Christ, just for a moment of teaching, that word Christ is, is the same word that comes over from the Old Testament, the word Messiah. They both mean the same thing. It's the chosen or the anointed. And so when you read the name Jesus Christ, just keep it in your mind, it's Jesus Messiah. The Jews don't want to recognize him as that at this juncture. It will happen. You will see that this morning. It will happen. But there's going to be a time when all of the people are are united 
in something that I want to title the message with this morning, the religion of the future. Let's stand for just a moment. We'll read two verses of text here. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 5, it says, For there is one God. Amen? Amen. We could park there a while. Amen? There's one God. And one mediator between God and man, the man who? Christ Jesus, Messiah Jesus, amen? It's him. He's the one who gave himself a ransom for all, and look at the rest of these words, to be testified in due time. To be testified in due time. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your many blessings to us and for the opportunity to be here this morning. Lord, you know uh, the troubles of my flesh and of my mind in the, in the things going on right now. I pray, Lord, that uh, you take me out of the way and just speak the words that, that this group of people needs to hear this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to lift up praise and honor to you through the things that we study, through the things that I say. Lord, I pray that our, our thoughts might be channeled to worship of you this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. To be testified in due time. Many of us, uh, for many of us, these verses have already been testified. We've already accepted these things. If, if right now you can say, yes, I am saved. Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. I invite him into my heart. He has his habitation with me. He goes with me everywhere I go. This has already been testified in your life. Amen. That he gave himself a ransom for all of whom I am one. Amen. And uh, if you leave here today without a ransom for your soul through Jesus Christ, uh, we really don't want that to happen. If you don't understand what that means about a ransom for your soul, we want to speak to you individually about that. Because the Lord Jesus Christ came down to this earth to save sinners. And I was one of those and he did save me. He is very gracious in saving me even at six years old. And some people say, oh, what kind of sin did he did by the time he was six that he needed to be saved? You name it, it's there. If it's listed, it was there. And if I hadn't committed it, the seeds of it were already in my heart. Well, in thinking about that Savior, it would behoove us to take a time and, and to think about the religion of the future and things. Many people, like I say, they're, they're looking for aliens to come, having parties on building tops, waiting just to be, I don't know, moonbeamed up or whatever. Scotty, Star Trek or whatever. I, I don't know what they're thinking. They're, they don't know what to expect about the future. And, of course, if you look at the government and things, you, you think, uh, not much, nothing good. But when Jesus comes again, that's going to be a different story. Amen? That's going to be a different thing. Uh, look at Acts chapter number 4, and I want to begin to illustrate for you the religion of the future. Where, where does it begin? What does it look like? What maybe does it exclude that we do now? Let's look at the religion of the future. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12 a most important verse for anybody that is here. But it says, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other. This is then Jesus Christ. Amen? 
Why? Because there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's never been, it's, it's never gone around. You must be saved through the name of John. Never has, never will. Ye must be born again. How? Well, through Jesus Christ, not through Heath Chambers. Name any one of us. We, we don't rise to that level, but guess what? Jesus has risen to that level that it's his name. I mean, do a study there in Acts and other things. You, if you think Jesus is impressive, just look at what the pronuncia, pronunciation of his name does there in the New Testament. It says, by his name they were healed. By his name they were given sight. By his name they were made to hear or able to speak. By his name, let alone his power, let alone his presence. Amen? Amen. The religion of the future is going to be filled with some interesting things like that. John chapter 4, 14, verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The religion of the future is going to involve Jesus. The, the ticket into this relationship or this religion is through Jesus Christ and his saving power. John chapter 3 and verse 36 it says, And he that believeth on the Son, that is Jesus, hath everlasting life. So this religion is going to go on for a while, amen? It's going to be an everlasting religion. He that hath the Son, he that believeth on the Son, hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. We'll speak about that more in just a moment. But look at Revelation chapter number 5. Revelation chapter 5, in, in examining what is going to be the religion of the future. And by the way, this is going to be a religion for all. It's going to include everyone. You may disagree, but I think we can come to an agreement by the end of the sermon. Amen? Revelation chapter 5, beginning in verse number 6. Just to, just to, do you imagine things when you read? When I read, I, I think, okay, what, what would it look like? We, we had opportunity to visit the land of Israel here about four years ago. And so, so as I read the scripture, some of the things that I know about it there, it, it, it comes to my mind and I begin to imagine things there. When I pray, there are times when I pray, I imagine myself that I'm before the Lord's throne and that I'm there and I'm beseeching him. Why? Because the Lord's always on the throne. Amen. And the Bible says that we can come boldly to the throne. Amen. And so at times when I'm praying, I, I envision myself kneeling or standing before the throne there of grace. Well, look here. Let this, let this give you imagination of this time. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 6, it says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. 
And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. So the songs you heard this morning, these aren't the songs of the new religion, amen? We're going to get some new songs, probably better songs. Which verse am I on? I lost my verse. Verse 9, they sung a new song. Thank you. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Are you redeemed this morning? Amen. Amen. I was redeemed. And hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. You think it's good now with our group here singing? Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said amen and the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Can you imagine what a, what a fantastical sight. Incredible. It's interesting, you know, we've got to amplify the sound. We've got to have light, lots of lights and, and all for a few hundred people here. Imagine 10,000 times 10,000. One, one of the things that we had in Israel walking around in there, that we had a, a, a set like this, this uh, microphone thing, only it had an earphone connected to it. And the speaker, he could be, you know, he could be 100 yards away. And he'd be telling us stories about things there in Israel. And everybody, we had our own personal listening device. That was nice. Because he didn't have to shout. He didn't have to wait for people. He could just narrate as he goes. Guess what? I think with 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands of thousands, I think the Lord's just going to have a personal conversation with every single one of us. The religion of the future, personal communication with our Lord. Oh, wait, we have that now. Amen. We have that. It already works. The religion of the future has already started. The redemption has already begun. The gathering of the people has already begun. Look at Psalm chapter number 72. Psalm chapter 72, a psalm for Solomon, it says here. I want you to see some of the things that are, that are going to be ahead, that we're going to see about the object of our affection in this new religion. In Psalm chapter 72 and verse 1 it says, Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king, unto the king's son, I think it says. I'm missing a word on my, does it say king's son? Okay, I'm going to fire my computer. 
Verse number two, he shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. Wouldn't that be nice to have some equity um, in religion and, and in government? Guess what? The religion and the government are going to be the same thing in the future. It's all going to be one. The mountains shall bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure. Throughout all generations he shall come down like rain upon the mown grass, as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish. Wow, that would be a change from today. Looking at our country and the things that are taking place here, it would be nice if the righteous began to flourish again. Amen? An abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. Look at verse number 8. And he shall have dominion also from sea to sea, the object of our affection, the head of the religion of the future, Jesus Christ. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. Look at verse 11. All kings shall bow down before him. All nations shall serve him. Wow, that's going to be impressive. That hasn't happened before. There was always somebody hanging out when somebody got powerful and came into ascendancy and began to exert their power over the whole earth. There's always somebody hanging out, sticking out, not wanting to get involved. That's going to change. And while I love the spirit and atmosphere at Eastside Baptist Church, can you imagine the unity of all of the brethren, cistern together? Not the water cistern, the cistern that's the same as the brethren, amen? Verse number 15, it says, daily shall he be praised Verse 17, his name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun. And by the way, we're going to see his name is going to be continued longer. And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory Read it with me. Amen and amen. Of course, that meaning, let it be. In Revelation chapter number 14, if you will flip back there to Revelation chapter number 14. Now, now some of you might be thinking, believers, if you've been around in church for quite a while, you're, you're wondering, okay, what things are going to be different? We do these things now. For instance, he'll be worshipped in song. We read about that a little bit, but in Revelation chapter 14, verse 1, it says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the Lord. And before the four beasts and the elders, and no man could learn that song, but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. I think some of my kids are part of the hundred and forty-four thousand. 
You may not know, but the reputation in our family of some of our children is kind of well known. And uh, I, I don't know if I should bring them up by name, but it's our second child is known for his voice from the bathroom. <laughs> and uh, apparently the acoustics there are particularly good because that's where he would sing from. Thankfully, he stood in front of us today and did not stand in the bathroom. Amen? <laughs> Some of my children have found that when they love the Lord, a song just spontaneously comes out and, I love you, Lord. They, they don't even know the words. They just, mm-hmm, and make up stuff. But the religion of the future, I think, is just going to be replete with us just being still impressed by our Savior. Amen. Amen. Just still impressed, just like, how in the world did he accomplish that? To make up songs that he's going to be worshipped in song, and, and if he can't sing, you're going to be able to then, apparently. Amen. I, I have some expectations when I get a new body. A few things are going to change around here. Amen. <laughs> and, and sometimes pain and other things get you down, and when you don't have that, Praising the Lord is going to be something wonderful and doing it all together. And back in uh, Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 8, I, I hope I kind of have your imagination running, not to, not to get away from the sermon, but to embellish the, the honor and glory of our Lord in our lives. Because this religion of the future, some of it is here right now and we're participating in it. But in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, The four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him, that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever. And look at this. And cast their crowns before the throne. He's going to be worshipped in song. He's going to be worshipped in offerings. It's, it's all right to go back here and at the end of the service. This, this was new for us coming here. But dismissing from the back to the front and giving our offerings back there. Just think, Jesus is going to be up there. We can bring our offerings directly to him. He is worthy. And cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. What kind of pleasure do you bring to the Lord? Just think about it. Man, I... I want to put a smile on the Lord's face. Amen? God knows I've done enough to wipe it off of there. I'd like to put one on there once in a while. And we must strive for that even now, but looking at the religion of the future, maybe, maybe Jesus will just be around with one big smile all of the time. Amen? With, with all of the believers there with him and with his will being executed, just... All he has to do is will it and it takes place. By the way, our traditions are going to change. 
What kind of religious traditions do you hold? Oh, we're Baptists. We don't have any traditions. Uh, I bet there's some things you do. Now, I don't know about every one of us here, but I, I think that the traditions are going to, to change. I know that if we look at world religion now, how it is, and, and there are different religions and churches, they have their traditions, but, but look at the aim of those things. So often, it is not to praise and honor the object of this religion of the future, Jesus Christ. It's not for that. It's a gimme thing. Well, if I look like I'm doing something good for the church, God will treat me better in the afterlife when aliens take us out of here. I mean, it doesn't make sense, does it? And yet we're looking forward to a real Lord and Savior coming down here to take us out of here for a little while, let a few things happen, then he comes back and he just rules and reigns over the whole earth. And we'll be able to worship him in song and bring offerings to him. Our traditions are going to change. One that I saw in Israel there was curious to me. We were down there at uh, the western wall there. We had opportunity to pray at the wall there. A, a great blessing and an honor to be down there. But on the way down there, when you're walking down there, there is a, a, an island here set up. And there are cups there. And they have two handles. Now, I like a good coffee cup, amen, along with good coffee, hey, I, but I don't need two handles. And we began to inquire about that, and what are, what are these curious cups of two handles? This is one of the religious traditions. That, that cup is there at a washing place, and, and you read about the Pharisees and others, they talked about the washing that had to be done, and, and Jesus even upbraided them that they would wash the outside, but they wouldn't wash their hearts. They, they took no effort to try to cleanse themselves inside. They did not subject that to the Lord. But these cups, and, and God help us if we mix up which way it is, but I believe this is the proper order, that when you come up there to wash, you grab it with your left hand, and you pour the water over your right hand, and you wash the right hand, and it becomes clean. They set it down, the left handle is unclean. The right handle is clean. So you take your clean hand, grab the clean handle, and wash your other hand, and you wash, and then you, both your hands are clean, and you can go on about the other things that you're doing down there as part of your tradition and ritual. That's all going to be changed. Right. Our, our traditions and rituals are not going to be to try to get something for us from God, it's going to be what can I do to, to give to Him? What, what worship can I give to Him? What praise can I give that would honor Him before the other people? What praise can I give to Him? Have, have you ever, have you ever been somewhere and you, and you felt like, man, I, I really want to support this. I'd really like to help. I've got nothing to give. In the religion of the future, you're always going to have what's necessary. Praise, reverence, worship. I mean, we're going to be rich. And we're going to give it to somebody who won't misuse it. Amen? We'll give it to somebody who is worthy. There is no person more worthy of our honor and our praise and our thanks, our loving favor. 
That's going to be our new tradition, giving. What a radical change from how we live now. So many people live to get, 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 get. And in the religion of the future, it's going to be give, 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 give. By the way, he's going to be given reverence by every person. I mean everyone. Look at Romans chapter number 14. I enjoyed the missions conference that we had here a couple of weeks ago. I enjoyed the preaching, albeit it, it was difficult to listen to because you get distracted in judging yourself by some of the things that were said. Is that true for anybody else? I did. I got distracted. I, I'd listen and then I'd, th- I'd start to think and, and I'd start to beseech the Lord and all of a sudden I'm not listening to the sermon. I'm, oh wait, I got to get back. By the way, in the religion of the future, everybody's going to revere or give reverence to the Lord. In Romans chapter 14 and verse number 11, it says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. There are a lot of people that don't like that portion of Scripture. But guess what? It's repeating other places. I mean, if you went back to Isaiah chapter 45, you don't have to turn there. You're welcome to if you like. But in Isaiah chapter 45 is a chapter where God asserts that he is the only God. There are things and people that that others lift up as God, but it is not God. And anytime you talk about a God, you have to compare him with the God to know the difference. Guess what? In the religion of the future, everybody's going to know the difference and be glad for it. Amen? But in Isaiah chapter 45, it says there in verse 23, that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. Verse number 24, guess what our common message is going to be? Surely shall one say in the Lord, I have righteousness and strength. Would to God we would get a hold of that right now. Amen. Christians, believers, in in this time now when we're trying to serve the Lord and it seems like it's more difficult, maybe people don't care, maybe people aren't listening like they used to, we're not able to to grab their attention like we used to, They're, they're not as attentive to spiritual things as they used to be because they're spiritually dead. We must understand that that I have righteousness. Because Christ gave it to me. But Paul understood, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, which means that I also have strength because Christ gives me that strength. So in this religion of the future, I think there will be no trouble for us to exert that for our Lord. If we have trouble now, we'll overcome that. We should try to overcome that now, amen? Things that are hindrances to us to be faithful in the services. We should do our best to overcome those things. Whether whether it is our health, we try to better our health so that it does not hold us back. By the way, health's not going to be a question in the religion of the future. 
<laughs> God's going to solve all our problems so that we can worship him real good. Look at Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter 2, as we were living and serving in Ukraine, it was interesting to speak with... Um, Brother Kitchen and Brother Barlow. I just remember Marty. Brother Barlow, we sat Sunday night with them, had supper with them, and we're talking with them, and he said, yeah. He said, you know, there in Slovenia, he said, people, they, they just say they're atheists, and they don't even know why. It's just something popular to say. And I learned in Ukraine to tell those people who say, oh, I'm an atheist, I don't believe that stuff. God doesn't believe in atheists. Amen? In the religion of the future, there's not going to be any atheists. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself... He did the man things that a man had to do. Amen? And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Verse number 9. Wherefore, or, or because of these things, amen? Because Christ did that. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name. What kind of name? Which is above every name. It may be used as a, as a cursing at this point, but it's going to be a blessing because it's a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, three quarters of the knees should bow. What? No? Some wiseacre said, well, I don't have any knees. He said, knees will be provided, Amen. <laughs> That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now I want to show you a difference here about this knee thing. There's, there's something important in this knee thing. No, dear, I'm not going to invite you up here. I thought about it, but I'm not going to. Fellas, you... You unmarried guys, I, I want to give you a hint, okay? When you're going to propose, that is done on one knee. Okay, got it? Nod, nod your head. If you're not married, fellas, okay? This, this is how you propose, on one knee. Because this is begging. But this is what we're going to be before Christ. I think about one of the traditions that's going to change. People bowing down to the sun. S-U-N. They're going to be bowing to the sun. S-O-N. Jesus Christ. And it won't necessarily be toward the east. 
Look at 2 Peter chapter 3. If, if there's a warning through all of this that we're thinking and considering this morning, here it is. In, in, in this portion of scripture, there's a warning here. Because about this religion of the future, it's, it's not that there are going to be those that are forced against their will really to worship. They're, they're going to be dealt with. They're going to be separated. If you're not saved, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and to become your personal Savior, if he does not live inside of you, you're not going to be part of the religion of the future. You're going to be separated out because there's going to be a purification of that church. And so look at the warning here in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. Can I get an amen right there? It's humbling, isn't it? But is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. So you people that think, well, I'll get saved right before Jesus comes again or right before I die. Uh, God says, um, yeah, amen, don't wait. Um, can I put it in different words? You're not that good. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Can, can, you, can you put in here the world as we know it will change? I mean, can you see that? Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall, be, shall melt with fervent heat? What manner of persons should we be? We should be there with Christ. We should be there ready to worship him. We should be there as the redeemed of the Lord. I mean, if you can imagine, he's speaking about that there's going to be, verse 13, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness, this burning and this fervent heat that consumes the world. It, it makes me think of hell. And hell was created for the devil and his angels that sinned, but guess what? When man sinned, God determined that was a suitable punishment for the same sin. And while he does not want any person to go there, he wants no soul to suffer in hell. I, I think we could be convinced about that from, from, his, from his preaching and his teaching. That, that if you look in the New Testament and, and you start, I have one Bible that says this was uh, uh, this number of miracle and this number of sermon and this number of uh, something else. It, it numbers those things as Christ is going through his ministry. And you look through those things, you'll find out Christ warned about hell more than he spoke of heaven. 
And it's because he wants no one to go there. But just imagine, imagine this. On our knees before the Lord. I mean, if you can imagine somebody that comes down out of heaven and takes over the whole earth. I mean, we've got people now, countries that call themselves superpowers. And they're just going to flat melt before the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, sometimes you just hit the knees because you're surprised and you're afraid and you're like, I do not know what to do next. So however it is, we're going to be on our knees before the Lord and then, I don't know, out from under us, just God takes it away and birds up the heaven and the earth and we're bowing there before him. That's what I think about with this scripture. That okay, now the, every person who ever was, that they're there before the Lord. And I'm made to think of Matthew chapter 25. Open that if you would please, Matthew chapter number 25. This is the warning. This is the warning before really we get to the religion of the future. Before before that's all that's left. There's a warning here. And God tells us about this scene. And I I don't know if you can see it in, in your mind's eye there. But we see that all are bowing there before the Lord. And the Lord begins to separate out. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31 it says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory... And all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The religion of the future. It's done. It's purified. It's clean. Those people that accepted Christ as their personal Savior, part of this new kingdom, and they're ushered in by the Lord himself, but they're separated from those who never repented of their sins and never turned to Christ for their salvation. They're separated. You see it right here. And if you read down to verse number 41, it says, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. There's your warning. There's your warning. There's, the, there's God himself expressing love to you saying, don't go there. You don't have to go there. If you turn to my son Jesus Christ and accept his sacrifice instead of your own to cover your sins, you can escape this judgment. And we invite you to do that today. In a few minutes we'll have what we call an invitation time and we invite people to come and pray. And, and if, if you know that you need to be saved, just come here, just put up your hand, let one of us see. We'd be glad to take God's word and to show you how that you could be saved. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 21. Let's see just some ending points here about this religion of the future. Some of us are more practical. Well, where are we going to worship? I mean, right now we come down here, we come down here and uh, we, somebody opens the doors, we all walk inside and we get together and we worship. Well, the religion of the future, what, what's it going to be? 
In Revelation chapter 21, in verse 10, it says, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. Verse number 22, And I saw no temple therein. Uh Uh-oh, where are we going to meet? I saw no temple therein for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. I don't even know what that's going to look like. But going to church is going to be different in the religion of the future, amen? Amen. Maybe just because we're already going to be there. We'll just be walking in it all of the time. In John chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Jesus is the light of the world. So it should be no strange thing that when you're looking here in Revelation chapter 21, and you begin reading in verse number 23, look what it says. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, which is probably a good thing because I don't know the chronology, but it sounds like it all gets up burned up anyway. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. I don't even know what that's going to look like, bro. We have artificial lights in here. We're not going to have need of light. Everything's going to be light. We don't have to run electrical wires, flip switches, have the you know, electrical plant running. It's Jesus himself is the light of it. I can't even imagine. Can you? But just everywhere you go with Jesus, it's light and bright. Oh, wait, that's now. A few trials and things come, but man, life with Jesus right now is good. Can you imagine then? What's more? No more time change, amen? Amen. We we like this one because it gives us a little bit of time back, but wait till spring, and then they're like, oh yeah, spring forward and all that. No time change in the religion of the future. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be what? No night there. You go ahead and change the clocks by an hour. Who's going to know? Chapter 22 and verse 5 says, And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun. The Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. By the way, in the religion of the future, Revelation chapter number 11 The Bible says that all kingdoms shall be declared Christ's. He's going to reign over all the earth. Lastly, look at Acts chapter number 10 and we'll be through. I was asked today, you're going to be long? You're going to be short? I learned, I have enough experience as a preacher now, make no promises concerning time, amen? Amen. 
Uh, the only reason I can promise you that this is the last scripture that we'll look at is because I don't have any more pages after this one. Amen? Acts chapter number 10 and verse number 42. Just to remember about this religion of the future, Jesus is the judge of the quick and the dead, the alive and the dead. In Acts chapter 10, verse 42, it says, And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be judge of quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. See, those traditions and things that I was talking about earlier, a lot of times those things are done for acceptance. What better acceptance do you feel than when you are forgiven for what you've done wrong? There is no better acceptance. That's how I knew I was right with God because there was no more that enmity with God. Man, the religion of the future is going to be incredible. And it's going to be Jesus himself. And I encourage you, as we're just thinking about where we're going to go, it, your belly's probably rumbling like mine. But to think about as we take these friend cards out, we invite them to friend Sunday here in a couple of weeks. Let's invite them to the religion of the future. They might be intrigued. Well, what's that? East Side has been there for 60 years. What are you talking about the religion of the future? Come and see. Because there's many of us here that have already started and already participated in the religion of the future. Amen. What a wonderful time it's going to be with the Lord. Let's all stand. Let's uh, bow our heads, close our eyes. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.